Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome to Doing Good Business. This is Laura, and today Kelly and I are going to talk about the topic of inclusion, um, including a little bit of diversity. We wanted to start by just having a little disclaimer in that we recognize what is very true, which is that in large majority, most companies are still struggling with diversity. For most Mm -hmm. companies, it is still a checkbox. It is still something that they are maybe not doing for the right reasons or they're struggling to do. And we wanted to take a chance today's episode to actually look at the other side of that coin and highlight some places that have moved from diversity all the way into inclusion. Mm -hmm. Some companies and organizations and um, just philosophies out there that are really supportive of the inclusive work environment and why it's awesome. So with the end of that disclaimer, um, I will actually ask Kelly. Kelly has an awesome definition, I think, of you know looking at diversity and inclusion that's really broad and uh, speaks a little bit about what we're going to chat about today. Well, thank you, Miss Laura. Yeah. So yes, I think um, you know a next piece of that too is really using the the companies who have really mastered diversity, and I'll define that in a second, um, are now also. They're using inclusion for all the right reasons Mm -hmm. because they are creating that environment where all types of people can grow and learn and thrive. But they're also finding that it's an essential business strategy today in our world of rapid change. So to get to there, let's just back up a little bit. I think um, typically you tell me if you feel differently, but when people in general, business people talk about diversity, it seems always limited to like one or two Mm -hmm. aspects. Totally agree. Totally agree. The typical race, gender. But diversity really is a much broader term than that in terms of people have different thinking styles. Mm -hmm. They have different languages. They have different perspectives just Mm -hmm. based on socioeconomic backgrounds, where they grew up, Uh, job level, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's diversity already. If you don't think you have diversity in your organization, you do because you have people working in different job levels, Mm -hmm. different job types, Uh, race, obviously, culture. Gender, we talked about, mm-hmm. physical abilities, mm-hmm. sexual orientation, age, marital status, and education. Mm-hmm. So you already kind of have a potpourri in your organization of a lot of diversity. Um, but I think where the hiccup has been, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is in the um, the generational differences mm-hmm. of how people think about it. How people view inclusion and view mm-hmm. diversity, yeah. Absolutely. And so there's a great article that uh, we'll share with you in the show notes, and it talks about the differences with millennials. So Mm. let's just start there. Yeah, great. So millennials view diversity as having all of these really cool, unique, Mm. broad perspectives that they value for teamwork Mm -hmm. as part of teamwork to innovate. Right, mm. because they realize, and and my theory on this, we might have touched on this before, is that uh, for a large part, when millennials were in school, they were doing this thing called project-based learning, which oh. I always thought of as cheating. Because when <laughs> I went to school, right. you didn't ask someone like, "Oh, hey, Laura, would you do the the cover for mm-hmm. my project?" Because you're so good at art, right? 
that that did not fly yeah. when I went to school. Yeah. But for the millennials, they were already doing a lot of project-based learning, a lot of teamwork right in schools. Mm-hmm. They learned how to give feedback. They learned how to coordinate their work based on their strengths and meeting deadlines so that they could come together very quickly and informally. Mm-hmm. So they see that as an extension. Diversity is that kind of extension of that. And they see the manager's role then in business or the business leader's role is the emphasis on inclusion, which Mm -hmm. is why we're going to talk about it, which is to say, we need the systems and the processes so that we can share our knowledge so Mm -hmm. that we can communicate all of those good things, which is different from the boomers and the X and just Right. I do need to put in the disclaimer. I'm an ex. I'm an ex as well. Okay, yeah, good. Kelly and I are both exes. Yeah, I, I um, <laughs> and I think that I, in what I've seen and the millennials that I know, like this is one of the things that I value so highly oh, about their generation in the workforce. They are bringing just inclusion to them isn't even a thing. It's just who right. they are in right. large degree. You know, they are open to you know all sorts of backgrounds. You know, all sorts of uh, neurological ability, physical ability you know, race, gender, all of these things, it's not even, um, it's just not a a box that needs to be checked. Like their thinking on it is different and it's interesting. So me, Laura, being somebody who doesn't have children, I love Kelly's perspective of seeing the educational system and how it has changed because, you know, we were in school at the same time where it was just like, do your own work, eyes on your own page. You know, it's cheating if you do something else. But I got my, um, my MBA in, I graduated in 2004. Okay. So I went back as an adult right, learner sure. and it was a very project-based program. It was right. modeled, you know, it was a specifically adult education modeled after the corporate workplace, but that was really probably the entry point of millennials in the workforce mm-hmm. and things had already changed. And I didn't make that that equation until right now. I was just thinking like, oh, this just must be how it's done in grad school. It's all project-based or this right. is because this is an adult education program. Um, but it also obviously is based on the fact that research has evolved and education has evolved and people are, you know, it's collaborative. What are some of the buzzwords we talk about? Collaboration in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, obviously diversity and inclusion. And a lot of that has started apparently and, and how nice to know in the educational system. Absolutely. Where, just as you were saying that too, it made me think where this was happening at a time in education where teachers were also going from what they called the sage on the stage mm-hmm. to the guide on the side. Oh, nice. And so the sage on the stage, if we think about that, there are still a lot of people in business today who feel I'm the business leader, mm-hmm. therefore I must have the answer. And that answer, it comes from within. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very typical of the boomer Gen X model, mm-hmm. which is when they think about diversity, well, first of all, the way they managed and, and kept their job security, right? Words <laughs> we don't even say anymore. Right. Um, but, you know, when, how they kept their job secure was to keep their knowledge to themselves. Yeah. So you either failed or succeeded based on your own metal, based on your ability mm-hmm. to pull up your bootstraps and get into the arena, right? And so when someone new came on diversity at that time then was really more of an obligation, mm-hmm. right? And that's and it was scary. we were talking about. It was, scary it was scary because not only was there a new person, threat, threat, warning, warning, mm-hmm. right? Someone's here, might take something from me, yep. but this person was different. Mm-hmm. So I think that boomers, X, again, generalizing. You're right. You, <laughs> Send me an email if you yeah. like, whatever. But I'm I'm generalizing here that, you know, it was more of a personal relationship because mm-hmm. then it became this person is here. Mm-hmm. This person is different from me, maybe from the rest of the team. You know, can I trust this person? What right. are this person's values? Will my humor offend this person? Mm-hmm. And really the 
where the focus could have been, arguably should have been, was on the focus of what can we accomplish together? We didn't even get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're describing in the millennials. It's just part of their reality that, of course, we all work together. Why wouldn't we all work together? Mm -hmm. Well, we love that mindset, you know, and I think that that's that's really important in there. And I think time has passed. You know, the world is set up for a very small subset of the entire population to be successful. Right. And when you start talking about people who... Kings and queens. Yeah, people who think, look, act differently, you know, it is, you know, first of all, they're they're being brought into organizations by force. So the person for whom the world is set up to succeed, kings and queens, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a threat. It's uncomfortable. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously we don't get to how do we work together because it's just, you know, I just picture, you know, the grumpy old boss man sitting with his arms crossed behind his desk in his big leather chair thinking like, oh, I don't want these women in the workforce. What are right. they going to have to add? And now, exactly. you know, because obviously. It, because he, he does not right. understand them. Exactly. There's a, a difference there. There's yes. a diversity in mm-hmm. perspective that comes with being a different mm-hmm. gender. Yeah. Yep, love it. So we want to talk about the people that are ahead of that curve, the things that we we have seen in the industry that are just exemplifying the direction that things are going, you know, no small, um, you know, big actually props to the millennial, millennial generation, but you know, things mm-hmm. that we are seeing that are really outstanding and standing out in the areas of inclusion, you know, the companies that have gotten past that right. checkbox of diversity, and they're doing it because it truly is good business, because it's good business. And with that good business also includes good financial sense because yes. businesses have to be got to make money to be profitable. A it's a hobby <laughs> right. if it's not. <laughs> exactly. So I think that those are important things to think about. And um, one of the first that kind of comes to my mind, and this just, I think this was just announced recently. So, um, but the Gerber baby. Yeah. The Gerber baby mm-hmm. is, it's a very inclusive campaign. The Gerber mm-hmm. baby has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Yeah, I love right? that too. Because it celebrates diversity, yeah. which is, part of what inclusion is, right? right? right. So inclusion is about how do we create this fertile ground, Mm -hmm. right, where people can grow and thrive. And what better example than to think of a baby that's going to do nothing but grow Grow and thrive, thrive. right? And to use that as as kind of a a segue into, there are also other companies, uh, when we think about neurodiversity, Mm -hmm. there's um, a company near us in New Jersey, and it's called WeMake.Works. And I do mention them because their whole reason for being is actually to create an environment for people with autism to come to work. So it's not job carving, which Mm -hmm. is sometimes how that is handled. Right. And that's in the tech industry. Right. You know, one of the early adopters, I think, of, you know, inclusion of people with neurodiversity was the tech industry, but that you're exactly right. That's job Mm -hmm. carving. It's like, okay, we can take this subset of our work and we can employ these people right. because they have a specialized skill set in this way. Which is good and wonderful. Mm-hmm. If that You, know, and you have step. to think about where, exactly where are you starting from, yeah. right? And so I applaud those early pioneers who are saying, well, here's something we can do, mm-hmm. right? And then it's evolutionary, right? Things right. get better. Technology gets better. Mm-hmm. We Our understanding gets better. Stigmas begin to become reduced, mm-hmm. right? And then it paves the way for a company like this one that I'm talking about where they are creating work for people with autism. Mm-hmm. And that's from the environment to the processes to the opportunities built around very special needs. Wow. And I love this it's because, amazing. first of all, it's a great social mission. Mm-hmm. And you know as the positive business, I, I love businesses with a true, authentic social mission mm-hmm. that's evident throughout every aspect of their organization, but also because it is empowering a whole group of individuals 
to participate in not only our economy, but in our society mm-hmm. in ways that they have not necessarily been permitted to. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet what wonderful things are going to come out yes. of us, right? Yeah. So stay tuned mm-hmm. because what is that going to spark mm-hmm. in them? What what new things are we going to find out that we weren't thinking about before because we just never looked at it mm-hmm. through the perspective of of the, the autism filter. Right. And there are great gifts with, with all of that type of diversity. So I'm super excited about that. That's one one for me. No, I think that's awesome. I mean, really, I will say as far as, so, I mean, there's a Forbes article and I'll put a link in the show notes about the top 10 diverse companies and they're all big name companies, you know, like L'Oreal is on the list and they're companies that, that we've all heard of. And, you know, I, I think there's something to be learned and looking at how are they, how are their campaigns reflecting diversity? You know, I think about, Dove isn't on the list, but I think about the Dove campaign Mm -hmm. for all women that had women of different sizes, shapes, and colors, and, you know, all, like, um, all levels of ability, of physical ability in that campaign, and that was such a huge sensation. Like, I do think that there is, there are some brave companies that are starting to put things out there. Um, There is a designer, I want to say... I'll look it up and I'll put it in the show notes once I have the correct, but it's one of the big name designers. It's either Ralph Lauren or Tommy Hilfiger. They are actually designing clothes for people and children who have differently abled bodies. Oh, so clothing Laura, that has, this is wonderful. Yeah, clothing that has snaps if you have a hard time doing buttons, clothing that right. maybe has one arm or pants that maybe have one leg, but things that look like all of the regular clothing but are specially made to accommodate people that are differently abled in their physical bodies and it's just like it actually it gives me goosebumps talking about it because like that to me is inclusion you know somebody and i can't remember who said this but the most basic definition i've ever heard and and i loved what you shared but like diversity is a a seat at the table and inclusion is giving you a voice Mm -hmm. so it's not enough to mm-hmm. invite diversity to your table. It's not enough to check the box on hiring, you know, neurodiverse people or racially diverse people or um, age diverse people. Like right. that's not enough. You then have to step towards inclusion to give them a voice. So what do you then do? How do you, you know, Kelly, one of the things that you've talked about um, in the past, and this doesn't necessarily fall under the formalized topic of inclusion, but just thinking about as a company, whose opinion do you ask for? Do you invite mm-hmm. your suppliers? Do you right. invite your vendors? Do you invite your clients? Or do you just ask the same five white men that have always <laughs> been sitting around the table? Like that is not inclusion. Right. So inclusion right. can be a business strategy that looks like who are we asking for opinions on this topic? And it's also, okay, so we're checking our diversity box. Let's, you know, hopefully we're going to start believing that this is actually good business and that there's value in it. And move forward how do you give these people a voice how do you include them how do you make right how do you reap the benefits that a diverse population of people naturally provides to your company so and that's thank you thank you for that laura because <laughs> so fox <laughs> because that's exactly when you take a step back first of all let let's just suppose this scenario as companies do invite people mm-hmm. of, of different backgrounds mm-hmm. perspectives thinking styles into not only their team but into their leadership roles mm-hmm. chances are and i'll just imagine this and make this story up for that designer that maybe somebody knew someone who was affected that way maybe they had right. something like that in their family and here's an innovation could we make clothes that would actually help right. my son, my daughter, my mother, mm-hmm. whoever that is, mm-hmm. because they are different physically from the rest of us? Yep. Wonderful. Economic opportunity, because, you know, as I, I talk about w- with the positive business, it's about bringing value, creating value for others where you are being helpful or in a real way improving the lives of someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's the money follows that. Yes. So in this case... 
here's a whole other market that this designer now will be able to reach out to authentically mm-hmm. with something that's really good for them. Will they also make money for that for the the, the jaded listeners? Mm-hmm. Yes, they right. will. They but will. again, a business has to make money because they thought about it. It's Tommy Hilfiger. I it just is. googled okay. it. It's Tommy Hilfiger. He's making a new line, or they making a new line that is specifically designed for adults that are differently abled, and it's called I think it's called Diversibility. Um, again, we'll link to it in the show notes. But yeah, adaptive clothing is what they're calling it. It's an adaptive it. clothing campaign. It just launched in spring 2018, so it's less than a year old, and it's incredible. I, I mean, it. it's in, it's incredible. And so, yes, they should be financially rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. Just as I do feel shareholders should be financially rewarded for the investment that they make, it just shouldn't be the only reward that's given exactly. out. Exactly. But absolutely, these companies should be rewarded for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Which um, Xbox is um, Microsoft anyway has yeah. Xbox has an adaptive controller coming out, um, cool. or it's already out in the market. So these are just ways to think differently about how do you bring real value? Not Mm -hmm. just how do I increase the financial value of my company, but how do you bring real value Mm -hmm. um, out? And I think, you know, um, typically, and again, another Forbes article, but we'll put this in the show notes. You know, there are the things that people think about typically when they think about diversity and inclusion, and they tend to be the things that are popularized in our social media and our media media. Mm -hmm whatever. Um, but some trends that they saw coming up for 2019 was that there would be more executive apologies because huh. there are companies huh. that know they are misstepping and yeah. they're coming out. Um, Papa John's had a problem, Starbucks, mm-hmm. H&M, right? So um, it, but again, those big missteps mm-hmm. make it easier in some ways for other companies then to become more comfortable being right. accountable for we misstepped mm-hmm. and and here's what we're doing yeah. so okay that's good um me too after effects if we're looking at gender mm-hmm. we have um a lot of what's happened after me too is that men now feel really uncomfortable or don't know what the rules of the game are and so you know, part of that, the, and, and so I'll just say Laura's kind of I am totally rolling my eyes at this. <laughs> I have no, I'm going to be very transparent. My sympathy for the people that don't know how to behave around women. Absolutely. Or that they're using that as an excuse of I don't know how to behave around Absolutely. women because of me too. Like, that's weak. But if we look at it as a pie, and this is yes. one slice of a yep. bigger pie, yep. right? There are probably really well-intentioned men out there who now, you know, for whatever reason are unsure, right? What they thought they knew, maybe they feel they're second guessing themselves. The problem with that is the article suggests is that women rely on mentorship and inclusion to be able to move up. And men are still in charge and it's going to put women further behind. And it's making men uncomfortable to think, well, should I should I invite this woman to dinner with us? Mm -hmm. So anyway, this again, I just said popularized. It's not where Mm -hmm. I'm going with it. And I will just say like, if there are men that are feeling that way, please use that as an invitation to do some introspection and to figure out and to, you know, talk to the women who are in Mm -hmm. your professional circles and ask them the questions, you know, do your own, first of all, do your own research. Don't make the women do all the emotional labor, but start to do some research on what it is that maybe makes you feel that uncomfortable. Because if there is, you know, I'll speak from my experience. If there is something in my gut that's feeling a little jiggly, I know that there's something that I need to look at. So if you are Mm -hmm. out there as a man after the Me Too movement and you just want to hide behind the, well, I can't do that now because I would invite you to look at that differently because as women in a world that is still run largely by men, especially in corporate America, I just read an article, there are more CEOs named John or something right, like right. argument, then there are women CEOs 
wow. in the country. There are literally more CEOs with the same male name than right. there are women. Oh at, my God. Yeah. yeah. So as women, I would just really like to invite and empower the men to do some of their own work to, you know, do some research and also talk to women about giving them the ability to say, hey, I'm not feeling included in that. Can you invite me to a seat at that table? Absolutely. You know, empowering the the women to give them that feedback, like opening themselves up to be willing to hear. Mm -hmm. I don't, I want to be invited to that. And I will tell you, you know, if something feels inappropriate. So all I'm saying is like, let's not use something that was an incredibly like powerful movement to actually set women back. Absolutely. And I think Soapbox again. This is my day of soapbox. (laughs) If you are in a position to do this in your organization, bring some resources in for your team also. Hire a resource. Pay to get the education that you need if you're not able to find it or don't know how to find it on your own. Mm -hmm. There are people out there that can absolutely educate any organization in this particular aspect of diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And so, um, again, the, the author of this article that I'm, I'm referring to here, who is a diversity and inclusion consultant and professor, she's also <laughs> anticipating that we will see more diverse leadership mm-hmm. and that research really does support the value of diverse leadership for organizational performance and success. Mm-hmm. So now you've heard that about three times here already. Exactly. More inclusive products like we were talking mm-hmm. about um, Uh, And what she also had in here was celebrities speaking out. So Mm -hmm. we're going to get more voices coming out and really talking about, you know, kind of subjectively or objectively what's right, what's wrong, Mm -hmm. at least from that person's perspective and and advocating for more inclusion. And we would even see that because of the celebrities, we would see that in Hollywood and the films and all of those good places in popular culture, which, again, could be a great could be a great shining example then for others to follow suit or to yeah. have more awareness around what's going on in their own company if they hear about it in a, a completely different industry. Well, I think those two things tie in and like I will give it just a very silly example, but like, you know, experience often molds, you know, to your point, Kelly, like maybe somebody in the design field and Tommy Hilfiger had somebody that was personally impacted by, mm-hmm. you know, a physical difference and they had this idea to divine to design rather this new line of clothing, Mm -hmm. you know, in the celebrity world, that is often, you know, a celebrity experience. Obviously they have the privilege of money and, you know, time and and access and things like that. Um, I, my name is Laura. I watch Jersey Shore. Um, Jenny, (laughs) JWoww from Jersey Shore has a son who is diagnosed with autism and has now come up with an all natural skincare product line because she did a lot of research on, you know, environmental impact and ways to benefit autism, you know, like she, and she's very active about it on social media. So I think that there is a strong correlation Mm -hmm. between two of those things, that article, like the celebrity, not only the outcry and and the speaking out, but also the products that will then become a result of a lot of the um, things that are happening. Well, I love, I love the fact that you said that because I don't know if you've seen this. You love that I watch Jersey Shore? Yes, I do. (laughs) My husband does not, so somebody has to. (laughs) As a former New Jerseyan, yes. Yes! Um, But... No, I think you did not read the article that I was looking at, but um, they also talk about Rihanna um, launched a beauty line called Fenty Beauty. Oh, so I, I didn't. Know I knew that. nothing about okay. this, right? But so here, you know, our our business leaders out there, they earned a hundred million dollars in sales in their first forty days of business. Wow! Let me tell you why they wow. had forty different shades of foundation designed for, for customers across the mm-hmm. spectrum, right? Including, let me just. Re- individuals with all um who are albinos oh wow that's mm-hmm. so cool or have a word i can't really pronounce albinism i think is oh yeah albinism. so i'm mm-hmm. sorry if i'm saying that wrong um but 
it then has inspired mm. existing cosmetic companies to look yeah. at their lines. Yeah. Right? It's, it's actually being called the Fenty effect. That is so cool. So, I did not know that at yeah. all. It's so interesting. I have um, a good friend that lives in the UK and she's also a white woman and she was sharing with me that she has a friend who's a woman of color and was saying how hard it is for her to find foundation, particularly oh, sure. in the UK. In the and like, UK. I feel like we in the US have a little bit more, like mm-hmm. I see a lot of the big, you know, like the cover girls and like, First of all, just like big props to CoverGirl for officially stopping animal testing and making that a big campaign. Right. Little side there. But like a lot of the big foundation companies are expanding and have been for a number of years expanding the the tints and tones to their products. Mm-hmm. And I just never really thought about it in the UK. But wow, so Rihanna mm-hmm. did that. Yep. That's so cool. It's cool stuff. That's amazing. Right? 40 so- million in how? Or a hundred million, uh, 100 in, 40 million days? in the first forty days. Of Jeez. Now, does her celebrity impact that? Of it absolutely course. does. But she had a choice. She but didn't is that have to doing do something good for the world? It yes. is. She didn't have to do anything. Yes. And and when there are things like that that happen at that scale, mm-hmm. then they can trickle down. It's already yeah. expiring, inspiring the other cosmetics mm-hmm. companies who arguably could have been thinking about yeah. this earlier, yeah. right? To do that. So we like to have these pioneers come out, mm-hmm. and when celebrity kind of gives it that extra boost, that's good because. Because we've seen people, you know, use celebrity for not so wonderful right. things, right? Right. So it's nice to see when it's happening. Yeah. But um, and that is really like that's that's the kind of thing that we wanted to highlight in this episode is the people, you know, the, the early adopters, the mm-hmm. pioneers, the people who are, you know, not still trying to figure out their diversity programs and checking boxes because some right. government entity says they have to, but the people that are actually out there valuing in the space of inclusion, valuing mm-hmm. it, making business models from it, you know, exactly. changing the world with, you know, products for different abled people, products for different skin tones, mm-hmm. you know, inclusive campaigns for different body shapes for women, all of these right. things. And I'll add one more before yeah, we go because we're, we're probably getting short on time, but I think to too, as we see so many more challenges and changes in business, right? And we see a lot of, um, you know, there's the big the big players are yeah. starting to dominate a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. So the benefit to a lot of organizations in the small and mid-sized area is how ref- how responsive and flexible can they be in terms of meeting all of their stakeholders' needs, their mm-hmm. employees, their customers, you know, suppliers and shareholders as well. So in that kind of a model, if you think of it like a neural network, the imperative there mm-hmm. now is for companies to kind of form, unform, and reform yeah. relationships with other companies. Ooh. Well, now there's a whole diverse yeah. set of perspectives, right? Because now you're creating this value web, not a value mm-hmm. chain, and you have a shared goal, all mm-hmm. of those things. So it's imperative for business leaders to understand not how that – how inclusion works within their own organization but also how they can extend that to others yeah so if we borrow from the teacher example we were using earlier just like the teachers went from sage on the stage to guide on the side Mm -hmm. right it's no longer the business leaders are not expected to come down in terms of inclusion well probably in terms of a lot of things in business but specifically in this conversation with the answers on stone tablets right their jobs are changing, their roles are changing. And Mm -hmm. in the case of inclusion, whether it's within the organization or whether it's with multiple organizations Mm -hmm. so that they can meet diverse needs quickly, um, it's about managing the coordination of work Mm -hmm. among diverse populations Mm -hmm. so that the fertile ground is there for them to have shared goals, for them to have shared knowledge and mutual respect for Mm -hmm. one another. But then it's about putting the processes in place that really help them communicate frequently, timely, accurately, Mm -hmm. and in the context of not only problem solving, but innovating. Yeah. And that's a completely different spin on Mm -hmm. inclusion that 
if you are where you are today and it's still just we've got to get our arms around diversity and the way we perceive it in our organization that's vastly different from that it's vastly different from inclusion within our own organization to this is a business strategy Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. and it's a 21st business strategy in a world where things we have new entrants all the time into business so you know if you look at the uber model right Mm -hmm. blew away the exact the existing model for taxis right so how could they have responded Mm -hmm. right um and this could be one way in which they could have responded. They could have leveraged other networks and mm-hmm. been more inclusive, mm-hmm. right? But they weren't doing those things. So anyway, that's all just part of it. Um, but it's all under a way of saying, I'll share with you, you share with me. Yeah. And I think that's really at the heart of inclusion. And the companies that do that well, some already are, as we mm-hmm. talked about today, mm-hmm. and the companies that are now inspired to do that really well, mm-hmm. the advantage will go to them and for all the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Focus on the right reasons and just look at, you know, who are the disruptors who, Mm -hmm. you know, Uber totally disrupted the taxi industry. It's true. And now, you know, Lyft followed suit. And I would say now they're at least neck and neck, if not one, you know, Lyft. And even worldwide, you know, there's one, there's a a companion kind of service to that in India Mm -hmm. and Germany, right? And in the Mm -hmm. UK, it's, it's all over. So yeah. Yeah, and it just comes from thinking outside the box. And inclusion, I think, is a great way to think outside the box. You know, suppliers, instead of just looking for the lowest bid, you look Mm -hmm. at, okay, who's an an MWBE supplier? Because it is important to my value and my mission of this company to have inclusion in that way. It gives Mm -hmm. you a whole different lens to look through the decisions that you make on an everyday basis when you truly do these things for for the right reasons. Yep. Love it. Great. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.